it is time for our third guest of this week's show. We actually have him on the line with us right now. Um, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, are you with us? Yes, I am. Well, we are happy to be joined by you. It's the second time we've had you on the show, and I just want to say uh, it's a pleasure having you on. How's your day going? Oh, very good. You know, just beside the rain and whatever, <laughs> it's great up here. You know, we've been having a pretty good, nice summer, you know, and uh, enjoying it, relaxing a little bit, uh, get a chance to uh, visit my families and close friends, you know. Great. Now, uh, today is actually a little bit of an anniversary of sorts for yourself. It's actually 33 years to the day that you got your rubber match win against Willie Monroe. Uh, it's been a little bit of a long time. What do you remember of that, actually? <laughs> Don't make me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> 33. I'm only 29. No, no. <laughs> no, but uh, the, the Willie Monroe fight, I think that was a big stepping stone for me. You know, um, at the time fighting those Philadelphia fighters, I mean, they was all in, uh, in top contenders. So uh, I had the opportunity of fighting them and uh, just moved on from there. I mean, they, they taught me a lot, and I believe that either one of those guys in Philly could have been champion of the world if I didn't destroy him. Yeah, you certainly did well. And so that's something you've been known for in your career is doing great in rematches. I mean, if you look at some of your losses, you lost to Bobby Watts. Uh, when you took him on again, you took him out in two rounds. Uh, you had a draw of a guy by the name of Sugar Ray Seals. You took him out in one round. And, of course, William Monroe, the final fight, you took him out in two. Why do you think you were so impressive in those rematches? Well, I believe that I probably got more matter and uh, – Things happened in, be- in between the, the ropes there, and uh, which I didn't like because there was a draw and whatever. And I think we should do it again. That I think is a is a mark of a great champion. When either way you give the other guy another opportunity at you. So uh, my my thing was, uh, if you didn't believe that I beat you the first time, we'd do it again. All right, well, that's certainly a great sentiment to have. You had a bunch of. Uh rematches and trilogies in your career and, and, and something obviously that you've known for your character in the boxing ring. I want to talk a little about your career and character. It took you six and a half years to get a title shot. What was it like to have to go through that long wait being denied that shot and then to finally get it? Well, it was a it was a sweet thing in a sense because, well, it showed that all my hard work and everything really paid off. I believe what you're talking about is the antifermal fight back in 79, which uh, I felt as though that I won. That was a draw. I understood that, you know, now that you can't uh, leave a champion standing, you've got to beat him successfully or knock him out in order to take the title away from him. At least that, that's the way it was back then, those days. Um, but other than that, my other highlights, I would have to say, would be when I won the title from Alan Menta, and then I would have to say that the biggest highlight of my career would have to be Thomas Hearns. It certainly would be. But let's go back to that fight with Vito Interfermo. I mean, it was a, a, you know, you won that title shot. You pined for it. You finally got it. And in that fight, you won the first 10 rounds pretty dominantly. You were very dominant. And it seemed a little bit later in the fight that you stepped off the gas, you backed off, and you allowed him to get some rounds. Do you at all regret what you did in that match there, and what was the reason that you, you took your foot off the gas? No, I don't believe so. I think with a, a guy fighting at the firm, he was a, a bull in a sense. And, uh, you know, not to say that he was a dirty fighter, but he used his head a lot, so you really had to be cautious about his head. And uh, where 
in the fight, like I said, I, I felt as though that I won the fight, and uh, they denied me of that. So I went on a, a rampage. I went, uh, I, I was mad, and anybody that stood in my way, now that I learned that part of the boxing game, is that you can't leave them standing, and that's what I was intending on doing, not letting another one stand in front of me again. You know, so I would say the second fight with the Antifermo fight, when uh, I gave him the opportunity, now that I was champion, and to say to Antifermo, okay, uh, I just remember me jumping up in the air with my legs in my arm because I was so glad when this guy couldn't continue the second time and I returned my and I re- returned my uh, my belts to me, you know. So that was a great feeling. All right, now, Marvin, when it comes to yourself being ranked among the all-time greats, I'm curious how you see where your placement is when you look at yourself compared to Carlos Monzon, Sugar Ray Robinson, Bernard Hopkins. Where do you see yourself among the on-time great middleweight champions? Well, you know, those are great champions. And uh, because I think I was a, a throwback from the old days, like with Sugar Ray Robinson and, uh, and like uh, uh, Gene Forma and um, guys, uh, I would say like Jake LaMotta. I mean, there was something that I had to do to bring back the respect into the middleweight division. You know, I you know at the time coming up when the heavyweight uh, division was really not- notable by Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier and all these tough guys in the light heavyweight you had a Bob Foster in the middleweight we was lacking something and uh, so I was very uh, very honored in a sense that I, I finally started gaining my recognition you know as uh, one of the top uh, middleweights in the world but. For me, still, I feel as though that Carlos Manzon was a, a great champion, and uh, you know, it took ten years, and we would have loved to have fought him, uh, you know, if we had the opportunity. But uh, unfortunately, that did never happen. So, you know, just continuing uh, looking at guys like Emil Griffin and all these great middleweights. This has always been the toughest division uh, out there in the world of boxing. I feel. All right, well, Marvin, you just brought up that fight with Carlos Manzon. You had mentioned in our previous interview that, you know, that was something that was talked about. Um, if you two ever did get in the ring, how do you think that fight would have went down? Well, I believe behind my oxidox style and whatever, me probably fighting him in the inside, to get inside his long reach. And, and then knowing that this guy had a, a powerful right hand, I mean, one's only had about one of the best right hands in the business, uh, also besides Tommy Hearns. So I kind of learned a lot, you know, and I think that I, I would have given him a lot of fits. Now, Marvin, fought some of the best fighters out there, uh, you know, any era. You fought Roberto Duran, you fought Thomas Hearns, you fought Sugar Ray Leonard. You know, what, what was it like to, to, to fight all these great names, and, and how do you think they would do in, in today's division? Well, you know, we, that was a tough, tough time and a great era in a sense because I believe that, you know that all these guys can fight. You know what I mean? You wasn't going to have a field day like which they're doing today. And really, I mean, all these guys are like got over 40 fights or whatever, where these guys now today is only like 20 fights in their world champions. I mean, come on. It took me 50 fights to, to get a shot at the title, you know, which was probably the best thing so that I was able to hold on to it a lot longer. Most of the fighters today, I think they hold the title for about six months to one year, and then all of a sudden they lost it, you know. So I still feel, though, for the throwback in the old days, that that was the best lesson for me, is to go through the hardware, that which I did. And then when you retire, if knowing 
done. You have fought the best in the world. Hello, you got nothing else to prove. Nice. What do you think about today's stars? You have Manny Pacquiao, who's come all the way from a 106-pound fighter all the way up to 147. You got Floyd Mayweather Jr. out there. What do you think about today's stars in boxing? Well, you know, on the Pacquiao and Mayweather fight, I think that Mayweather might be a little scared. But then there's another thing, and he's almost looking like a Sugar Ray Leonard in a type of sense where he's dictating, dictating all the time. Hello, if you're going to fight, let's fight. Let's stop all this stuff. Let's just get it on. I mean, that is what boxing is about, you know. So, you know, you trying to gain more money or whatever. I mean, you already made uh, enough money. Hello, do you want to fight the guy, yes or no? And I think that Pacquiao would say, come on, let's do it today. But I wouldn't wait around for Mayweather. I would take another fight and still make as much money as I can and then leave the game while I'm still on top. All right. Now, when you speak of Mayweather, he's a guy that always wants concessions. You fought a guy yourself that likes concessions, and that was Sugar Ray Leonard. Uh, <laughs> you know, looking back at that fight there, do you at all regret making those type of con- you know those type of concessions to him? And do you think Pacquiao should stay pat with what he wants to do to make this fight happen? Well, you know the thing is, is that when you want to retire, you want to go out and knowing that you fought the best in the world, and this was the only fight that was left for me that meant anything. So and normally you would probably I'll give you anything that you want. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll even fight you in your living room. I'll come to your house. <laughs> Yeah, and certainly he certainly did make that fight happen. Um, when people look at it today, though, um, they watch the fight. Everyone scores it differently. Uh, yourself there, last time we had you on, you said you broke all your TVs when you watch it. When you look at it now, do you have any regrets about the way you fought that fight? No. You fought orthodox for the first two rounds. Do you at all regret no, anything you, you know, did in there? No, I don't feel I looked at it again. and uh, If I look at it again, I'd probably break another television. But anyway... <laughs> I feel as though that I did the best that I could do inside that fight, whether fighting Oxidox or whatever like that. The main thing is, even though not trying to go out there and try to knock the guy out, the, the main thing is just to win the fight. And that's what I felt as though that I did. And still inside my heart, I don't feel any difference. I still feel like a champion, like I told you before. And nothing has changed. Now, Marvin, after your fight with Sugar Ray Leonard, you, you won a rematch. He wouldn't give it to you, something we asked you last time we had you on the show. And uh, we actually had the pleasure of talking to uh, Sugar Ray probably about three weeks after we talked to you, and we, you know, we, we told him what you said about the fight there and how he didn't want the fight. I actually wanted to play you a clip from that and hear what he said about the reason why he felt there wasn't a rematch. Why well, wouldn't I have given him the rematch? I mean, that would have been a perfect fight again. That first fight was relatively close, but that would have generated so much interest for a second fight. I mean, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Hagler, I think he forgets that he went away. He moved away to Milan, Italy. <laughs> so he was the one who threw his hands up and said, no more, I'm not, I'm not going to do this any longer, and he retired. So you need to call Hagler back. All right, so Marvin, we got you back on here. What do you yeah. think about Ray's comments? Well, you know, that is Leonard. Everybody knows Leonard. And they could imagine what he was going to say. But that was not true. I was still here in America, and the fight was to happen. I would have took that fight uh, right away because I hung around the game for one year until I realized one thing, 
this guy is waiting for you to get old. He's waiting for maybe if, if somebody, if you want to come back and fight somebody else and then they beat you. Then, you know, he had all kinds of excuses. There's no way. He was also afraid that probably uh, that you see that every time that I fought the person the second time, what I did to him, and he was nervous. Hello. He didn't want to fight. So I realized that. So you know what I had to do? I started putting my head together and started putting my life together and started thinking about my future, and it was time for me to move on, not sit here and wait for this guy to dictate to me again if he's going to do it or not. Hello, if you wanted to fight, that's all you had to say right then. Give me the rematch just like any other champion would have did. All right, well, you know what? That's not the first time you heard it. You said maybe, hey, maybe you've had enough. And I wanted to ask you about that. That was your fight with John Mugabe, the beast. He was 26-0, 26 knockouts. It was a fight that was it was a grueling fight. I certainly, I watched it and uh, I wanted to get your reflections on that belt there and your feelings after it, having to go through a, an 11-round war with John the Beast Mugabe. I give John the Beast Mugabe a lot of credit. I give Roberto Duran a lot of credit, and I give... Um, Thomas Hearns a lot of credit because these guys came out there and tried to take my title. Mugabe tried to knock my head off. I mean, this guy here was kind of awkward. I mean, he's a big puncher. I mean, 20 fights, 20 knockouts. I mean, but I said, you know what? You've never been in the ring with the marvelous one. And I tell you what, I will feast on the beast. <laughs> All right, well, Marvin, when you were, you know, an active middleweight and the middleweight champion, you obviously looked at the other fighters that were out there, and you must have seen uh, Sugar Ray Leonard coming up and Tommy Hearns coming up and thinking, hey, maybe one day they might come up to middleweight. And I'm wondering, what were your thoughts when those two fought each other, when they had the super fight, Sugar Ray Leonard versus Tommy Hearns? Well, you know, like anything else, all these guys was like vultures, man. They was all sitting on the fence like Roberto Duran, Tommy Hearns, uh, Leonard. And they all was like praying that somebody would knock me out so I never have to fight that guy. But eventually I kept moving forward and putting the pressure on them, and the money started getting bigger, so I think they had to come out. You know, it was only a matter of time. But with the, the Thomas Hearns and the Leonard fight, I watched that fight. And it was a great fight, take nothing away. But then I seen that Tommy got shooken up there, I guess, in the 13th round or whatever. Still, you know, what they called Leonard at that time was the pretty boy and, uh, you know, the Olympic champion and all that stuff. So a lot of things went in his favor. I think I remember him being swelled up in the eyes or something like that or whatever. But it was a good fight. I don't take nothing away from that. So I realized what kind of job I had uh, that was laying in front of me. Just two more questions for you, Marvin. Uh, when boxing fans look back at your career, you know, they, they ranked you up there in the top 50 fighters all time. And, uh, but one of the fights they talk about the most is your fight with Tommy the Hitman Hearns. It's been named one of the top 30 greatest fights ever. Looking back at it, and, you know, to let the fans know a little bit more, what do you think about that bout and the way that it was fought? Well, you know, it's surprising because if I go to the shopping store or whatever when I'm walking around or whatever, everybody's looking at me and everybody's talking to me about that fight just like it happened yesterday. <clears throat> I can't get away from myself. I mean, the people saying, ah, oh, that right hand shot, you know what I mean? And people bring me back into that fight again, you know what I mean? I thought it was a great fight, you know. Uh, I'm glad the way the outcome came, I said, because I finally uh, – 
regain my uh, my recognition that I wanted. You know, like I said, it was the highlight of my career. But it's not only those fights. I mean, a lot of people walk around talking about the Leonard fight and whatever. I mean, how long? I've been uh, 22 years or whatever outside the ring, and the people just bring you back like it was yesterday. You know, it's uh, it's a funny thing. Yeah, it certainly is. But, you know, that's the impact you had on boxing there, and you gave boxing <laughs> fans many great fights. It's great to uh, to talk with the people about the boxing, you know. It's not like, uh, you know, some people you want to shut yourself off, you know, or whatever. No, I enjoy, if the people that really knows anything about boxing, they catch my ear, you know. And, but some people just talk a bunch of junk sometimes too and don't know nothing about boxing. They've just, just seen it. But the unfortunate thing what happens to me right now is that when I got young kids that are coming up to me and saying that me and my father, my father sent me down to watch your fight. And I think he was one of the greatest. And then when I'm doing all this fan mail, which I have to do tonight too, is to to um, autograph these things and whatever and send all out to the people that they all speak very uh, respectable. And uh, and so that's why I don't mind. I mean, some of the things just brings you back too. So I, I enjoy it. Again, it gives me an opportunity to stay in touch with my fans. Great. Well, my final question does involve the fans. Is there anything you want to say to all the boxing fans out there, your fans, the listeners of On the Ropes Boxing Radio, Marvin? <laughs> I don't know. Listen, just stay with the marvelous one, you know, inside or outside the ring. You know, um, I love you all, and uh, thank you very much for staying in there with me. You know, it, it was a tough road, but uh, we, we made it to the top, and we want to stay that way, not inside the ring, but outside the ring as well. Oh, well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the show, Marvin. Entertaining it's great as always. To be back. And, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. It was great having you on. Thank and, you. Uh, we just wish you the we wish you the best of luck with all your future endeavors there. And I hope our listeners out there go buy some simply marvelous cologne out there. Mm. I think, uh, simply <laughs> marvelous. <laughs> all right, Marvin. Well, it's been a pleasure again, and uh, just want to say. Thank you for sharing this time with us on the show and, and, and talking out there to the fans. It was uh, an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, too.